Hey everyone, this is Aspet Bedrosian. And this is Hovik Manucharyan. And we're talking with Gevis Kajian on the latest conditions and events during the Artsakh blockade. Gev is with the ANC in Artsakh, Nagorno-Karabakh, and he lives in Stepanagerd. Today is March 6, 2023. This is the 85th day of the Artsakh blockade. Uh, hey Gev, uh, how are you doing on this uh, day 85 of the blockade? Hey guys, good to be talking to you. Hey Gev. Um, I'm all right, all things considered. Hey. So I think that we should talk about the news that uh, happened yesterday where three police officers were killed and one was wounded by a, I guess, special operations team from Azerbaijan, which attacked uh, the police car. The police car was traveling from Stepanakert towards the village of uh, Khaipalu, which is sort of adjacent to the Lachin corridor and approximately around the same area as the Shushi blockade is occurring, but it's like an adjacent road. And it's the one that is in control of Armenians. You know, Azerbaijani, the Azerbaijani side uh, acknowledges two dead and one wounded. Gev, I wanted to see what else uh, could you tell us about this incident, this horrific incident. And for anyone listening to us talk about this normally, I apologize because it's either that or sort of scream at the top of my lungs. (laughs) But this is a very serious, it seems like, escalation. But unfortunately... Uh, anyone dealing, anyone who understands Azerbaijan, I don't think this is a surprise for anyone. Yeah. So I think it, it's important for us to go back a week because throughout the last week, you uh, hear reports of not just reports, confirmed incidences of shootings into the Askeran region, shootings into Marduni, all of which accumulated into the ambush that took place yesterday where three servicemen lost their lives Unfortunately, every single one of whom had family, had kids that they left behind. So it's always good to remember our heroes, remember who they are and what they fought for in the midst of all this news. That being said, I think this is a pattern, a wave of Azerbaijani aggression uh, that has escalated throughout this last week of quote-unquote negotiations. And it's come down to where today Azerbaijan has put an ultimatum saying that uh, the people of Artsakh can either quote-unquote integrate, which means to be ethnically cleansed or genocide, or they can face severe consequences, which we think means another outbreak of violence. Yeah, and that was announced by uh, Araik Harutunyan today at the meeting of the National Security Council, where he basically said that in response to the ultimatum that this government has decided it will not accept that ultimatum. And their goal from day one has been independence of Artsakh, and that's the only thing they can negotiate. He did say that you know, for those political forces in Artsakh that do want to consider this, uh, you know, in my opinion, suicidal option, they can organize themselves, they can win the future elections and go forth on, the, on a platform of integration I think it was a hint to uh, Samuel Babayan and his party who uh, Samuel said, you know, we should negotiate. And he did mention some things that sounded like integration in his interview, which we talked about on Groom before. But uh, I wanted to see how people have received this news and what are you seeing on the ground in terms of people's response to yesterday and today's news? I would say that the situation is very serious. It's very real and it's very tense. Just going around Stepanager today, you can uh, see people, in essence, I would say getting ready. So people are, are lined up at the ATMs, 
pulling cash out just in case there won't be access to those goods and services moving forward. You see men gathered in various spots, all of whom are talking about this specifically. So, you know, we always get warnings and whatever you may call it from Azerbaijan. And sometimes it's taken lightly. Sometimes it's taken with a grain of sand. But at the same time, I would say that this one is a lot more serious. And I think it's uh, reflected upon the mood of the populace as well. We should mention here that there has been a political response to this internationally from friendly and neutral countries like France and the U.S., but also we've heard, strangely enough, from NATO. Uh, Russia has responded today saying that the Azeri attacks must be investigated, which is a little better than a lame recognition that some event transpired. Um, And I want to give special mention to the special EU rep Toivo Klar, who apparently doesn't care about anything except anti-Russian geopolitics, and responded to the killing of Armenians by saying that it's a show that peace must be pursued in the region. Yeah, good job, Toivo. No. I think uh, Aspet, uh, I think we like to show support, but I really think that it's important to highlight how certain organizations. Toivo Klar is not just another random guy on the street. He is representative of the EU. Absolutely. And on the same day that this shootout happened, he was in Baku meeting with Aliyev. I think people should not forget this. I think there is a lot of point, you know, uh, finger pointing going around, including the Russian peacekeepers. Uh, I don't know if it's warranted, but this one stands out to me because uh, every time there has been a major attack, if you remember right after the 44-day war, there was the new gas pipeline that was... Uh, consecrated and opened up. And we know that EU is very dependent on Azerbaijani gas. So just that timing of it sounded very surreal in the Toyo Klar's announcement. And, and, and look, the lack of empathy. Important. Yeah, and, and the wording is really important too. When you have somebody like him uh, who has a significant role in the EU, especially the EU, within their purview of the Caucasus, and he says something like, uh, I believe this deadly incident as if three Armenian servicemen fell in a ditch or, you know, something. Or equal numbers of people died on both sides. Yeah, yeah. Or there was a car accident. Or if there wasn't video evidence showing an Azerbaijani ambush killing these guys, Mm -hmm. you know. So I I think his words aren't just playing it safe or kowtowing to both sides. He's not doing us a favor. He's actually helping them skew the narrative and create more of a fog of information. Now, to be fair, the Russian peacekeepers, I also found it a little bit odd that yesterday when the Russian peacekeepers uh, issued their daily report, this incident was missing. And I guess it may be due to the sensitivity of the issue, but today's report did include this incident. It did include mention that the Azerbaijani side shot uh, at the Armenians and killed the Armenians. But I think a lot of people are expecting a more vocal condemnation yeah. from all throughout the world. So we know that Maria Zakharova has a press conference on the 9th. So I don't know if that's when Russia may further comment on this or they, they may actually issue a comment. But what are your thoughts about, like, in general, the yeah, overall yeah. global response? Look, people that make commentary on Artsakh usually make it within the framework of their geopolitical beliefs. And I'm not a big fan of that. So if it's people from the East, they'll criticize the West. If it's people from the West, the EU, the United States, they'll find a way to criticize Russia. 
to them, this is a part of their larger political game. And I have been someone that's been patient with the Russian peacekeeping contingency because, you know, while other nations have looked the other way, they've actually sent a peacekeeping mission here. Uh, but this is one. Th- this is a time that I think it's important to speak up. Azerbaijan, by way of making an ultimatum, by saying that Armenians, and remember, we're still within the five-year framework of that trilateral agreement. If Azerbaijan is saying that you guys will either reintegrate or we will start, you know, there will be consequences, that is actually the responsibility of the Russian peacekeeping contingency to make sure that there are no consequences. Is Azerbaijan threatening the Armenian populace of Artsakh? And are they doing so openly without expecting a response from the Russian peacekeeping force? And you're or right, the international you know, community as well. Look, I've criticized the international community for a very long time now. They've been completely absent in this uh, regard. Uh, the only time they've made comment is for their geopolitical gains to knock Russia. But Russia is the signee to the trilateral agreement, right? Mm-hmm. It's, something yeah. they, it's, it's not a responsibility that I'm putting on them. It's one that they've agreed to. And I think we have to make sure that all parties are following through. There's one point that I want to nitpick with you, Hovig. You said that Azerbaijani gas is very important to Europe. Really, it's not that important. It's a single-digit percentage in their giant bucket of gas needs. Yeah, but it's actually basically smuggled Russian gas, right? So Essentially. Yeah. One thing I wanted to add on this Russian peacekeepers issue, I think uh, from the get-go, whoever signed the November 9th, 10th trilateral uh, statement, condemned Artsakh to, gen, you know, to, to all, everything we're seeing, and God forbid further violence, because I think, you know, what is it, a thousand or two thousand uh, peacekeepers are way too little to guard every single, you know, centimeter of roads and, you know, every single square inch of the land. So uh, I think that the, the, answer that it's basically physically impossible to guard every single you know, square centimeter is valid. But still, I think that Russia has other pressures. And at this point, I think that Russia has other ways to pressure Azerbaijan. And at this point, I think the I, I don't know if there's a better opportunity or if, there, if there's anything else that needs to be done. What, what, what is Russia expecting for uh, to happen for it to use those uh, pressure tools because otherwise its entire credibility as a superpower would be damaged and that's the only thing that uh, you know we have we as Armenians uh, by the pen of Nikol Pashinyan have banked on which is that you know Russia through its uh, superpower status can influence Azerbaijan to not go all out yeah. genocidal absolutely and if I can just quickly add to this note. I had hope, and this is what concerns me a bit right now. I had hope that while Lavrov was in Azerbaijan, they would come to some terms in terms of reopening the blockade and, and some other points that are in the quote-unquote negotiation process. It is very concerning that once Lavrov leaves Azerbaijan, the first statement that comes out of the Azerbaijani government is reintegration or suffer. And, you know, I can't, I don't want to predict the future, um, but that's something that we have to be really careful with. Right. And Hovig, let me add one more thing to what you said, that it's not just the people and what was signed at the trilateral agreement that condemned Artsakh to destruction. It's also the agreements that were promised behind the back of the Armenian people to give away Berzor and Garvajar, that's Lachin and Gelbajar, and the Goriskapan Highway and parts of the border areas in Sunik, Gerarkunik, and so on. 
the Armenian signatory is condemning not just Artsakh, but Armenia itself. Sure. And, you know, since you got me talking, and it's, it includes all the traders today who are defending those actions, including some special representatives who I, you know, uh, anyway, don't get me started. But yes, it is sad to see that the Armenian government to this day is defending its actions, is defending this uh, talk about Baku and Stepanakert having sort of direct dialogue as if it's uh, some God's gift to Earth. All right. Let's leave it at that today. Gev, thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you very soon, I hope. Sounds good. We'll be in touch. Stay safe. Will do.